0: Welcome to another episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm your host, Taylor Burris, and joining me a little later on the show will be Justin Prince and, of course, our wonderful producer, Mr. Wayne Owens, as we are about to have a very special guest. He is the points leader after round number one of the eNASCAR iRacing Road to Pro Qualifying Series. As we get ready for round number two later on this week on Thursday... We have Brandon McKissick joining us today. Brandon, welcome to the iRacers Download. How are you today?
1: I'm doing good, thank you. Of
0: course. Well, first and foremost, Brandon, a very strong start to the season when it came to the Road to Pro Qualifying Series round number one. Going into this, how confident did you feel about at least making it into round number one, let alone being the points leader going into round two?
1: Um, I was, um, confidence-wise, it was kind of split because last year was very disappointing for me. Um, I would have missed top 70 if I averaged that that amount of points week to week in this round, but between getting a new computer and just figuring out the new tire model we had at at the start of 2020 by the time this round started, I uh, had a much better season this time and was able to take advantage of the fast cars we have. So.
0: Look, And it certainly was. You took advantage of that for sure. Looking at your standings and results, you collected out of the eight starts that you had, one win, four top fives, a pole, and an average finish of six, showing that that consistency is most important as you are able to be the points leader and a very healthy spot going into round number two, which is going to be at a very interesting track. The first time we're heading to the dirt tracks of Knoxville with the trucks, how confident do you feel about going into that?
1: Um, my confidence for Knoxville is extremely low, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't have that much experience through racing or iRacing. Um, I just simply am just testing as much as I can before Thursday hits and just making sure I'm in the best position I can be for that race. But that being said, I don't expect that much. I'd be lucky if I get out of here with a top 15. Top 10, I would celebrate like I won. So... That's where I stand right now.
0: Very good to hear. We look forward to seeing that. Now, let's take a little bit step back into time. And you've been on the iRacing service for a little bit of time. In fact, joining for not too long ago. Talk about what made you want to get involved with sim racing back in 2014.
1: Um, I actually, um, when I was younger, started playing NASCAR games starting with NASCAR 2011. And then I brought Inside Line. And then I eventually brought Gran Turismo 5 on PlayStation, and I just played those two games uh, back and forth. And then I found iRacing on YouTube like around 2012, and I always planned on joining. Then I just waited till right after my, my 14th birthday, and then I purchased it when I got my wheel. And um, that that is what made me get into it. I just saw it looked cool. I saw the Pro Series back then, and I just wanted to just be a part of a good sim.
0: And you certainly took hold of it very quickly, collecting over 400 wins on the oval side alone with a mix of wins on both the road racing and dirt side of the iRacing service in recent time and have become a well-known name when it comes to it. Talk a little bit about how you were able to prepare and work your way up through the ranks to have a shot at this. You mentioned last year you didn't have really the best season in the RTP What do you think was the biggest change to help give you that turnaround for 2021?
1: Um, I fully believe, ever since I got iRacing, there's certain people who have the sim who are really good, who became really fast almost out the gate. Um, When it comes to me, I feel like I've slowly improved year after year, just progressively, the more I learn. And um, I actually wasn't on the sim a lot uh, in the 2018-19 year. And... 2020 was my first full year back and I just feel like I needed that year to kind of get like tossed around I guess and Just learn from the mistakes. I was making when I was getting back in the racing to fully come back this year and make a legit run for it Which um, has benefited me because last year all the mistakes I made like struggling and qualifying um, Just not letting somebody go at the right time. I learned from that and I made sure to not let that happen again this year so um, when the season started, I just um, was able to execute better during the race, uh, every single race in this round.
0: You certainly were able to showing that consistency that you needed to propel you up through the standings. But as we look ahead, what was one of the, one of the things is is a lot of teams are getting involved with the Road to Pro qualifying series. We see Space Station Gaming, Elliott Saddler Esports, along with other teams coming involved with this. What was the team that helped you be able to progress your way up to have this chance, or was it all just based off of you learning and be able to work on your own? As some drivers have had the possibility of working to do,
1: um, it was mostly just my teammates on my uh, backing team, Nexus Esports. Like, I'm not part of a um, like one of those big teams that sponsor people such as Space Station, but uh, my factory team, Nexus, just supported me a lot. We have a bunch of great drivers that. I ask questions, uh, too, every single round and every single race because the truck is, to be honest, my weakest vehicle out of the three when it comes to Xfinity and Cup in comparison. So I just worn off of them week in, week out, and they know how to get everything out of these cars. So um, it just betters me, and I, they've helped me pick up multiple seconds before the race several times, which has definitely helped me.
0: Why is it that the truck is probably one of your weakest vehicles out of the three cars in the NASCAR ladder?
1: Um, I would just say a big part of it would be um, the amount of downforce and the amount of power it has. Uh, There's just a lot of on-throttle time with it, and I'm just not naturally as great as on-throttle racing. So I had to change a lot of what I just naturally thought was right in terms of how to drive these coming into this round because some things I was doing were incorrect. When it came to driving a truck compared to like an Xfinity car, which I would race a lot of, so um, I just I'm just not naturally as good as uh, on throttle vehicles when it comes to like tracks like Homestead or um, Texas, and I just had to learn how to do that better.
0: Of course. Uh, What are some of the things about the iRacing service since coming on in 2014 that you've seen that's been a major change? Of course, everyone can talk about how 2020 has been that so-called big year, that big change that we saw with iRacing. But for you personally, what was it that made that aha moment that iRacing really has something special?
1: Um, I've known since I got the sim in 2014, and I expected it to grow, but... um just even seeing it on TV in the provocational, like, that was the kind of stuff that you would just kind of, like, talk about and just back then. Like, imagine if it grows as much, and imagine if this would happen one day. Um, it was nothing more than that, though. Like, we never saw it happen. But to see it take place now, it just solidifies what we thought back then about the sin's potential. And just to see it happen is just great, and it just shows that, like, we all made the right decision, putting so many years into irising and um, just watching what it can do and watching so many people in NASCAR just embrace all the positives that iRacing has, um, it's been definitely pleasant to see that people are noticing it.
0: Is there other forms of racing? You mentioned dirt racing is not one of your strongest suits, but with the iRacing service, is there any other forms of sim racing on there that you enjoy or like to try and out when you're not busy with the RTP?
1: Um... I mainly prefer oval. Um, it's sometimes a hot take, but my favorite thing to do is drive multi-group 1.5s. That's just my favorite type of racing. That it just, It's just fun for me, for whatever reason. Um, sometimes, especially when it came out, I would try dirt, but it's been years since I really have like, done multiple in like a week, for example. Um, I do want to get into more road racing in the future, because I definitely need to improve in that more. So, um, But... Um, in my free time, I mostly just race NASCAR vehicles, but on the side, every now and then I'll do a road race or two.
0: Well, outside of sim racing, what are some things that you like to try and do or accomplish?
1: Um, (laughs) I'm currently a, um, a junior in college going into my, my last full year of it. Um, so I'm, I'm in the middle of that right now, studying for management information systems. So, um, that's about it right now. I've been at home since COVID started, and I go back to campus in August, about halfway through round two. So um, I'm just kind of looking forward to that right now and just completing that.
0: Talk to a little bit about that majoring uh, opportunity that you have. That was you trying to learn a little bit? So,
1: um, so mainly, it's a business major, and it's about this learning the benefits of technology in business because obviously it's, it's the 21st century and you need to know about that when you go into that field so it's just beneficial to know um how to use things like excel and use it to your best when you go into the when you go into the field because it can benefit you in areas where other people may struggle in terms of like using these things to their benefit
0: very interesting indeed and a lot of definitely something that a lot of people can use to utilize especially in the real world One thing also that uh, we always like to ask our drivers is over time we've seen throughout the decades or the decades of sim racing, especially recently, drivers such as Josh Berry, William Byron, working their way up through the rankings, starting off in iRacing, but of course working their way up to where they have a chance to compete at the highest level of NASCAR racing. Of course, we saw Josh Berry Earlier this year, pick up a win at Martinsville, William Byron collecting multiple wins and championships in the NASCAR ranks. Do you have a feeling that someone could completely start brand new in the sim, work their way up through the ladder of the eSports world, such as RTP, the Pro, and then into Coke, win Coke championships to progress into a truck or a K&N car to work their way up to be possibly one day a NASCAR Cup Series champion?
1: um i definitely do not think it's impossible because um as the sim grows more and more and its its name gets out there more and more in the nascar industry um whoever succeeds on here definitely um will get more and more visibility in terms of getting getting their name out there and if they have the uh correct opportunities at the correct time or meet the right person once to get them a chance it can definitely progress into that one day and If it turns out that the real life career is successful, then yeah, we definitely might see that one day.
0: It certainly is something to look forward to. And who knows, maybe possibly, Brandon, you could be that person one day as we look ahead into the future. But as we come to a close with this interview, where can people go to learn more about your racing career, follow you as you progress through round number two, as well as other interesting facts that you would like to share? (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, I mainly um, post on Twitter for the most part and I also have a Facebook account um, That's those are the main two things that I post on. I also have a Twitch and I, I want to stream more in there too um, but I mostly post about my pre and post race on Twitter and I'm going to start being more active on both Twitter and Facebook um, in the near future compared to how quiet I've been uh, in 2020 so Definitely looking to grid that more. And if you want to find out more about me, you can check out those two places.
0: So and what is the um, username for we probably know with for Facebook, but for Twitch as well as for Twitter.
1: My Twitch currently is Exalto Racing Twenty Four. Okay. And then my Twitter is Brandon underscore forty two. And then my Facebook is my first and last name.
0: Of course. So we'll make sure where people can follow that and follow your career next week or this coming week with round number two kicking off. Is there one track in particular that you feel like you can definitely go out there and take home that checkered flag to kind of give you that cushion you need to make it into the pro series?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward the most to Homestead. Um, It's a home track for me because I live in Florida and I'm only like an hour and a half away from it. So and it's a mile and a half, so I definitely am the most confident there. Um, it's not completely like full throttle. There's some in the driver's hands, and there will be multiple grooves. and I'm just looking forward to a fun race there.
0: Can't go wrong with the Florida track. I'm about a couple of hours north of you up towards Daytona Beach area, so definitely Homestead will be a very fun race to watch coming up for round number two. Well, Brandon, it has been a pleasure to have you on this episode of the iRacers Download. Good luck to you this week at Knoxville to try to get that top 15, top 10 finish, and we cannot wait to see how your season will go in round number two. That is Brandon McKissick. He is the points leader in round number one of the eNASCAR iRacing Road to Pro Qualifying Series. You can catch him on Thursday night as Podium Esports will cover the top split of the eNASCAR Road to Pro iRacing Qualifying Series. Make sure to catch that live starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and we'll see if Brandon can handle the famed hallowed grounds of Knoxville Raceway. Coming up after the break, more with special guest, of course, Michael Cozy, Jr., winner of the blue emu firecracker 400 you're listening to the iRacers download on the Speedsport podcast network and nascar digital media iRacing the world's leading online simulation developed from the beginning as a centralized racing and competition service iRacing organized hosts and officiates races on the virtual tracks all around the world iRacing is home to a wide variety of official sanctioning series with racing from the australian supercars the cars tour indycar imsa nascar and the world of outlaws with over 80,000 drivers on the service and over 80 laser scan tracks and cars to choose from, iRacing.com is the world's premier motorsport simulation. For more information, visit iRacing.com today. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on
2: the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm Justin Prince along with Taylor Burris with Wayne Owens in the Brewster's chair. And we're now joined by another special guest, the winner of the Blue Emo File Cracker 400 and known, well-known streamer. When it comes to his sim racing accolades, Michael Cozy Jr. Michael, first things first, how are you today?
3: Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. How about yourself?
2: Doing great. First things first, it was an emotional victory in the Firecracker 400, having to charge your way through several different incidents in the final couple laps. Talk us through what that was like, first of all, emotionally, having that roller coaster of a race and And with the roller coaster of trying to ride the waves of the incidents going on around you.
3: Yeah. Um, to be honest, I was probably (laughs) for most of the race. Uh, you know, I was, I was racing for the lead up there early, early on and, and got wrecked in front of the whole field. And, uh, you know, at that point I was, I don't know. I was just really upset. You know, I, I I wanted to stay at the front. That was the game. My, at least my game plan was to stay at the front and, uh, try to lead some laps. Most importantly, stay out in front of all the wrecks. But, um, I was the first wreck. So, you know, I went to the back and uh, I wanted to get back to the front, but I I tried to be as patient with it as I could. But uh, yeah, once uh, it was just like one incident after another, but none of them actually really took me all the way out. So I, you know, I just uh, kept my head down, kept on going, and it worked out.
2: Indeed, it did. And it was a huge victory overall for you. How big overall is it to think about now that? You end up winning such a big event. First of all, of course, but second, with how much money was on the line, with the difficulty of getting yourself to that situation.
3: Um, I've had a lot of time to think about it, and I still don't really know what to say. To be honest with you, um, for me personally, uh, you know, I've been doing this stuff for a while now, and uh, especially in the last uh, year or so, I've kind of dipped into some more uh, competitive stuff, uh, some more competitive racing, and uh you know just to kind of see how i stack up you know if i actually tried if i actually practiced a good bit you know to see what i could do uh and as i've gotten better over the last year uh I've, I've gotten closer in some of the bigger events you know getting towards the front uh i had that itch especially after carnomaly to to get a big one uh you know i didn't think it'd come this quick but um it's uh, it means the world you know just uh the the amount of work that i've put in and uh <laughs> I mean, I don't know if any of that work prepared me for those last couple laps, but um it just uh it, it feels so good, man, to get a to get a big win like that just for me and uh and what I thought I could do. Um and uh it's just it's it's a hell of a feeling.
2: Let's talk about the hard work to get there as well because the 1987 stock cards on iRacing are not easy to be able to learn plus they had updates to them what was that like in terms of the preparation for you and your organization launch check to c sports to get the cards ready and get your hands around the updates to follow along with some of the realism to bring to 1987 specs
3: yeah, I did um, I did a lot of practice races uh, that, uh, you know, E-Racer put on just uh, for prelims and stuff like that. They were putting on some 15-lap uh, just practice features and, and whatnot. And uh, I did a lot of those just on the fixed setup just to kind of get myself uh, situated with the feeling of the cars and just kind of getting them into the corners and what to expect. But, uh, uh, you know, once we got through the prelims and all that good stuff, we made it to the top 88 for qualifying. And then uh, my teammate Seth the Merchant handed me this setup and I tell you what, I've been on irising for nine years now, and I've never driven a setup that out of control in my life. I mean, it felt like uh, you know to qualify the thing. I'd go out there, you know, drive out into turn one. I did probably the first twenty twenty five practice laps where I went down to turn one and just wrecked. Like it felt like the, the rear spoiler just fell off. It, um, but uh, yeah, just uh, I mean, I think I ran over three hundred qualifying laps just to <laughs> just to make sure I I hopefully didn't eat it going down in the and come qualifying time, but. Uh, Again, you just think about all that and all that practice and preparation, and um, to you know f- to think it actually you know paid off uh, and made it all the way through. Got as lucky as we did; it's uh, it was well worth it. I tell you that,
0: Michael. This is Taylor. Let's get one of your thoughts about racing with some of the biggest names that came out there to compete. I mean, you had Coke drivers, former Coke drivers, even Daytona five hundred winners going out there to compete in this event. What was your mindset
3: going up against some of these
0: drivers and actually going head to head with them
3: um to, well to be honest with you i um uh, I didn't really think a whole lot of it i mean i uh I've been in a couple of big events uh, you know again i did that carnomaly i i felt like that that second place in carnomaami really really got my confidence up. I, I know it, it sucked finishing second. Let me tell you, but um, I don't know. I just kind of got a feel for it, uh, especially doing the, the road to pro stuff the last uh, couple of months now as well. Really the last like six, eight months I've I just feel like I'm on a totally different level and uh, going out there. I, to be honest, like I said, I didn't really think a whole lot about it uh, other than Dale jr. I was a big Dale jr. Fan for so many years. I thought that was pretty darn cool racing with him. But uh, other than that, I just went out there and, you know, one to race, stay at the front and, um, mm-hmm. I did a little bit of that, but uh, <laughs> I know, like I said, you know, it worked out there at the end.
0: One of the things also we got to talk about is that last lap, avoiding the one of the many big ones that happened during that race. As you're going through there, what was, you, we got to wonder, as clean as you can keep it, what was your thinking and your mindset going through when you saw just the floodgates open with this race?
3: Um. Yeah, I, I've watched those last two laps uh, many times, and uh, <laughs> I don't—I don't think anything went through my head. I think it was just all in, instincts, really. I—I uh, I was listening to my spotter, but even then, I, I remember back to those two laps, and I don't really think I was paying attention a whole lot. Um, I was just—just um, just the way the restart happened with the, the two car breakaway out front. Uh, and I already had damage, so I was kind of slow anyways, you know, I just, uh, there wasn't really a whole lot I could do, but hang on. And then I got that push from, from Dale junior there coming to the white and I don't know what happened. I mean, it was like one, two, three cars past me and they all went down there to the bottom of the track. It was, that was, that was the one thing I think I did think was, well, this ain't going to end too good. So I went as low as I could, you know, without getting on the apron and somehow that just that one lane opened up down there and I was the first car to hit it. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I. I'm telling you, I've watched that thing like probably 500 times now since that night. I I still can't believe how it went down.
2: And absolutely incredible when it comes to that race in that moment. And of course, for those who do not know, you also have a YouTube channel that you focus a lot on racing content when it comes to various different sim platforms and a lot of the retro games coming up to the day. Big fan myself personally especially with the nascar thunder 2004 career mode i will say this but curious on how you got started with that and how you've involved your channel as time has gone on to keep things fresh
3: uh, i don't know i've just uh i've always really enjoyed racing games um i i the, the channel i started way back with uh diecasts and reviews and all that stuff um but i i slowly transitioned to to gameplays i wanted to do gameplays and it's something i did you know i i grew up with the the old ea games and that's all i loved playing on the ps2 and uh <laughs> yeah i just i uh, started with uh, like the nascar heat stuff and uh i just got just one game at a time i went from there did some you know playthroughs and and it slowly kind of gained traction and um yeah, and I, I realize I could make a little bit of money off it as well. So it's it's a it's a dream job to be honest with you doing that and the streaming and all that stuff and, and playing all kinds of racing games and uh it's even crazier, you know, you, you get all these career modes, you get all these people following it and everything, and then we can kind of branch off to the iRacing racing stuff and then um it's uh it's pretty crazy, man, but it's it's a lot of fun and uh I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't want to have it any other way.
2: It's been impressive to say the very least as well. On top of things with the competitive balance to be with the team, such as launch FG Altus eSports, how did that come about to be with that organization and be able to represent such a big name now in eSports in 2021?
3: Oh man. You know, it's actually the craziest story. Um, I haven't really, I don't, I might have told it once or twice at some point, but, um, it was, it goes back to uh, an FTF race at Oxford Plains. It was a money race. We were doing the Oxford 150. And uh, I was running really good. And uh, <laughs> I was, I was going to win the race, I think. But a wreck happened and I got punted through it and I, I got wrecked. And that man who wrecked me was Seth the Merchant. I, I, I went back, uh, way back with Seth. I've raced him a lot. But I was just, uh, I was streaming that day and I was just kind of upset. You know, I was like, I was saying on my stream that I, i try to take this stuff seriously i always kind of wanted to go pro and do some stuff um but i just never really had the the folks i just didn't really know anybody involved in it and that was cool with me i wasn't you know it was like if i ever happen to you know get get involved with the right people and, and do it that'd be cool but if not i always got the youtube stuff and streaming and you know just run whatever i want to have some fun you know it's no big deal but um yeah. My, uh, so, so my other teammate, Braden, his, uh, his mom was actually watching that stream and, uh, <laughs> she told him to, 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 Hey, give me a call. You know, if, if there's another roster spot available and, um, so they, uh, they kind of got on board with me and I was like, yeah, I, I was really 50 50 about it. I didn't know if I actually really wanted to like commit and, uh, and do some competitive racing, some, some road to pro, a lot of good stuff. But I was like, yeah, you know, might as well give it a try. Right. So, fast forward a couple of months and the, the Logitech G Altus, uh, e stuff came and, and we partnered with them and, um, just some of the stuff we've been able to do the last couple of months. I mean, it, it couldn't have worked out any better for me. And I've, I've told these guys multiple times that, I mean, I wouldn't want to work with anybody else. They're so great. All my teammates, uh, Marcus CP, uh, Jordy, Braden, Seth, Matt, um, just uh, really a dream for me and i've i've really enjoyed racing with all those guys practicing preparing with those guys and everybody else at altus and um i was telling them man i think uh i don't know it just it, it, everything has come together is so perfect man i think we're due for some really great things and uh, i think one of those great things is the firecracker man I, it's uh like i said it's uh, such a great team and i'm so so thankful to be with them
2: absolutely amazing story and it's incredible to see again the growth on your side, on the iRacing platform, especially in the past year, to be at that competitive level. But I'm curious on this as well. How do you balance that between trying to keep the testing regimen needed and to be competitive, to also providing content consistently on YouTube? How is that balance for you?
3: Uh, it's not easy. And to be honest with you, it's it's not gone well at times. Uh, I'm still learning. Um, there's been there's been times where I've you know I there's been days, weeks where I've gone without posting, which is not what I want. Um, but I like to think I'm getting better at it. Uh, it's really, um, to be fair though, I, um, you know, I've been doing the content stuff for a long time and this is something I've always kind of like been in the back of my mind that I've always kind of wanted to do. So I, I don't mind taking a little bit of time out from what I normally do to, to practice and uh, prepare and, and see what I can get out of some of these races. But, um, it's, uh, I like to think it's a work in progress and soon, hopefully I'm going to get, you know, everything fire on all cylinders. But, uh, I, again, it's a good problem to have, man. It's, um, you know, a lot of fun stuff and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun time. It really is. Now coming down to a close
2: here, of course you also just so happened to make it to the second round of the E NASCAR or, Road to pro qualifying iRacing series. And that's heading off to Knoxville. Your thoughts on that race to start off round two?
3: Uh well, I'm sitting here in a, a test session right now. I'm gonna get, get back to testing here after we're done here. But uh I don't know, I stink at dirt. But uh I tell you what though, uh my my good teammates, uh Seth especially, he he does not stink at dirt and uh he has been uh practicing with us and and getting us straight. And I think he's he's built us a really fast truck, uh, so I think um, I think they're going to run really well, really well. I think I'm going to be in there somewhere, but uh, I'm I'm pretty confident it's going to be it's going to be pretty tough. Uh, I think it's going to be a uh, probably a messy race, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty confident. After that first round, again, that was just another learning curve, and uh, I had probably two, three good runs, maybe, but the rest of it just really wasn't up to my standards. But uh, I felt like I learned. Uh, so much uh, just from that different atmosphere of racing that uh, I think I, I can apply it around too. And I, honestly, I'm, I'm way more confident coming into the second round, although the tracks aren't as good for me, I got to say, but um, I I'm really confident. I, I definitely think we can uh, advance here to the next round.
0: Well then Michael, before we come to a close, where can people go to follow your sim racing career as well as the other playthroughs that you do involving racing games and keep up to date with what you do?
3: Well, the easy part is I'm I'm WinVow 820 on everything. So Twitch uh, over there streaming Ironing stuff and uh, and occasional Hitman uh, playthroughs on there. Um, uh, again, YouTube as well, all racing content. Uh, the new F1 games coming out soon. I'll be on that as well as uh, the new NASCAR game coming out. Some some throwbacks or some Thunder of Four like you mentioned in there at some point. And uh, still 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 currently on the uh, Dick Piston Career Mode and the NASCAR Dirt to Daytona. So always doing all kinds of stuff, man. Uh, big big racing fan and. Uh, uh, of course, you can hit me up at Twitter. Always enjoy talking to everybody there as well. Win, win value 20 on everything. Uh, that's that's where you can find me.
0: Not going to lie, dear today, Tona, before I came across iRacing, my all time favorite racing game to this very day.
3: Yeah, it's such a good game, man. It's such a classic.
0: It certainly is. Well, with that, we are going to come to a close on this interview. Thank you to Michael Cozy Jr., your winner of the Blue EMU Firecracker 400 that happened the other week. Coming up after the break, news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. iRacing, the world's leading online simulation. Developed from the beginning as a centralized racing and competition service, iRacing organizes, hosts, and officiates races on the virtual tracks all around the world. iRacing is home to a wide variety of official sanctioning series, with racing from the Australian Supercars, the Cars Tour, IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, and the World of Outlaws. With over 80,000 drivers on the service and over 80 laser scanned tracks and cars to choose from, From iRacing.com is the world's premier motorsport simulation. For more information, visit iRacing.com today. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin, we got done with two great interviews. Brandon McKissick, who was the points leader, leaving round one of the eNASCAR Road to Pro qualifying series. And then also, Michael Cozy Jr., your winner of the Firecracker 400, Blue Emu Firecracker 400. But... It's now time to go a little bit more international as on Wednesday, the E-NASCAR International iRacing Series wrapped up their season at the Daytona International Speedway Road Course and it was Lionel Pernilla who took home the win.
2: And it was an impressive win too after what was an eventful first few minutes of the race and first few laps because there were four different leaders at different points of that race, Taylor. And all of them at one point Ended up making a big mistake and allowing Pernia to be able to charge and take advantage and come away with the checkered flag in turn. It was interesting how it all played out and how some of the strategy too came into play for that race, Taylor.
0: It certainly was. It was probably one of the closest finishing races that we had out of the three-race calendar with Victor Borales and his Ford coming only 3.1 seconds back from Leno Paneria, who was right there, one of those leaders. And then, of course, we couldn't forget one of the other drivers who probably had the strongest season out of this three-race, Simon Pilate.
2: Yeah, he really was impressive as well. Keep in mind that Simon, in his respective drive, was hampered by a lap one, turn one incident. when, And we both know how tough the Daytona road course and the run into the in and out for turn one can be in a stock car, especially on the start, because the braking zones can be so different and in turn can cause collisions. It was a great recovery from some Pilot to be able to charge within five seconds of the race leader's. And, as he described after the race, just ended up wearing out his tires. To come away with a third place is impressive. But give shout-outs to drivers like Paul Jouvereaux, who had a great performance. Fred Gabillon who had a great performance, was up at the front at one point. And a great recovery from that lap one incident from Roger Caruffe in sixth position, charged up to be able to pass Jake Cozio, Paul Jourdain, Abraham Calderon, among some of the drivers, In the closing stages, he was able to pass, Roger was.
0: He certainly was. Of course, Roger Crute picked up a win on Monday Night Racing as well as they wrapped up their regular season over at the Chicago Speedway as he was able to take home the checkered flag there. A great Chicago Land Speedway as he took home the checkered flag there. So a great drive for him. That guarantees him a spot in the playoffs kicking off in a couple of weeks' time. And it's going
2: to be interesting how Monday Night Racing's playoffs end up shaping out because Shane Van Gisbergen's been very competitive in just about every single type of car, other than some of the oval races so far this campaign. You've got drivers like Anthony Alfredo, who have been very consistent. You have drivers like David Schildhaus, who have very much improved this season compared to when he came in at the start, in the middle, I should say, of last season. It's been impressive, to say the very least. I think Roger Garouf adding to that mix and also Brad Perez is going to make it a very exciting swing for the playoffs. And don't forget, there was also a face car bet also between Alfredo and Schildhaus in that race. Highest place driver had to have the, or rather the loser of the two in terms of lowest ranked in the positions that case being Alfredo, has to drive with the winner's face on the car for the first race of the playoffs. That's going to be an interesting scheme.
0: It certainly is going to be interesting. Of course, you can catch the first round of the playoffs for Monday Night Racing. On July 19th, they're heading to Las Vegas Motor Speedway with the cup cars. But before then... We're having the All-Star Race on July 12th. They're taking the Radical Prototypes, that's one of the smaller prototypes that we have on the iRacing surface, and taking them to Texas Motor Speedway for a little bit of high-flying oval action there. But we got one more thing to talk about. And speaking of tracks that are backed by SMI, Atlanta Motor Speedway, we all know in the news, is going through a big reach change with new banking, new pavement. But they had a little help thanks to iRacing. iRacing was able to help with the help of the next-gen car to kind of showcase what the new track will kind of look like. Uh, iRacing actually released a video not too long ago earlier this week regarding the new changes to Atlanta Motor Speedway that we should see sometime next year.
2: And I find it interesting how that new track looks. It's obviously a hot-button discussion when it comes to the configuration itself, because... You have a lot that's changing there at Atlanta Motor Speedway, of course. But here's the one thing to keep in mind is there's a lot of time for things to change, and you never know how it's going to react to the next-gen car in the real world. That being said with the Sim, that's that partnership, I think, Taylor Blossoming now coming into play with being able to see what the track would look like if you made X change or Y change or Z change to see – how it would look and potentially play out in a sim format compared to going out there and just starting to renovate immediately. So it gives an opportunity to give full-on renders that you may not get from before.
0: It certainly is there, Justin. I mean, we've already seen that with the Chicago street circuit that they have already released to the iRacing service that NASCAR and iRacing work so hard on to try to get an idea of what we could expect if NASCAR makes that final decision to go street course racing. We've also heard renditions and talked about rumors that iRacing and NASCAR work together to help reconfigure the Auto Club Speedway circuit where it's more into a short track. And we've seen some possible renditions of it in some other formats, but it's still yet to be released or showcased on iRacing as of yet, but a lot to look forward to thanks to this new partnership, the official partnership between iRacing and NASCAR. Well, we still have a lot of great other things going on in the world of eSports. We also have to talk about a very special event that McLaren and Logitech are doing, and it's actually a couple of events. There is a special challenge where they're taking the Chevrolet Camaro, the iRacing Dallara IRO1, and then a McLaren GT3 car in another gaming platform. And it's a basically a several-month challenge where, as long as you set the fastest times in each selected race and reach enough points, the winner gets the chance to go head-to-head— in Las Vegas for the finale, Justin, and it just shows the partnership that Logitech and McLaren and iRacing are showing here to this very day.
2: And a lot of the big names across the platform, we were just talking about this earlier on this afternoon, ended up competing in, and a lot of big names in turn are turning out for this type of race and type of event. Donovan Strauss, one of the drivers in the eNASCAR race, Road to Pro qualifying series, for example, one of those competitors. You also have eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series drivers taking part in the various different challenges. It's something where I think we'll see much more opportunities such as this for time trial events like this to be able to showcase what you can do. There's a reason some of the top events in iRacing history are involved the time trials. And the ability to showcase, can you put together a fast lap consistently and cleanly in turn to be able to showcase your skill?
0: You certainly can, and that's what's one of the amazing things is with this fixed setup. It's no pressure. It's just you, the car, the track, and if you can set the fastest time before the allotted time period that you have to do this runs out. And, of course, if you want to learn more information as well as sign up, you can go on iRacing to find more information regarding the Logitech G Challenge or you can go to the Logitechchallenge.com website and it will allow you to sign up. It's very simple. And the good news is, Justin, who likes it, it's free to use and to qualify and enter. No entry fees. Just show up. Make sure you have the selected service such as iRacing to be able to compete. Indeed. And correct me if I'm wrong. You've put in some laps as well? I did. I actually did put in a couple of laps the other night with the Chevrolet Camaro at Charlotte. Currently sitting in the 56th position right now. I'm actually thinking about going on later tonight. See if I can at least bump up that qualifying time a little bit higher. But there's another actual special time trial event going on right now regarding the Formula V. And that, interestingly, is an interesting schedule that they got going on involving V-Packs.
2: And... It's interesting how that event always fares out, Taylor. It's a fan favorite when it comes to that sort of event. It's also going to be fun, though, to see which drivers show up for the Formula V because we've talked about the excitement and the interesting moments when it comes to the Formula V and its introduction to the iRacing platform from its April Fool's Day announcement to its transition into the sim itself proper to where it's now very much very popular when it comes to official racing. Overall, it's very challenging, of course, to be able to put down a good time, but it's going to be interesting who can come in on top of that challenge.
0: Currently, I think that right now the fastest time is a 1 minute 41 second lap time currently with the formula V that is absolutely flying around there. I was only able to set a 145, so it's 4 seconds faster. You really have to make sure you utilize that momentum to help build it with those formula V's because those are a momentum-based car. You do not really want to use a whole lot of the brake, but at a track such as WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, you can't help but sometimes have to use the brake because of so treacherous the track is.
2: Absolutely. And It's going to be intriguing who can come up with the challenging turn, and it's going to push the envelope of some of the drivers to see, okay, what can I do to find this amount of time? It's going to take a lot of time to be able to utilize it up.
0: Certainly is, but from Stock Cars and Open Wheel Racing is one more thing before we come to a close. We have to preview the 2021 iRacing Rallycross World Championship schedule has been released. The qualifying series kicks off on July 14th, while the World Championship kicks off on September 22nd. You can find more information on iRacing.com's website. And then finally, we look ahead to the next round of the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, July 14th. They head to the Magic Mile at New Hampshire. Make sure to catch all of the action at 8.30 p.m. with the pre-race show on all of iRacing and NASCAR's streaming services. Well, with that, it is time that we come to a close on another great episode of the iRacers Download. For our special guests, Brandon McKissick and Michael Cozy, Jr., for my co-host, Justin Prince, and our producer, Wayne Owens, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.